Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God, and I believe we don't have any answer for our quiz yet. Is no. There? We've gone the second hour of the program, mm-hmm. and nobody has answered the quiz, and the second and the second question was so easy. And I am right now in the process of sticking <coughs> all the clues on Instagram. All of them? Did all you, of them. Did you put your finger over the answer? Uh, yes, I because I, I have a little I have a little quiz card that has all the clues written on it, mm-hmm. and I cut off the last two lines because the very last line is of course the answer, yeah. but the second last line is always multi choice and it's only out of three and it's usually pretty obvious. <laughs> so we never do the multi choice quiz uh, clue yeah, unless it's you know like... super duper hard. Okay, but this one's easy. It's what number, isn't it? Mm, it's a number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the third clue is. Esau said he had been deceived by Jacob this many times. Ooh. Mm. That, that, that's, that's, that's probably harder than the second clue. The, the yeah, se- I would second, agree. The second clue I just absolutely ridiculously agree with I mean, you. Yeah. How many wives did um, Elkanah, some, Elkanah the have? The father of Samuel have. <clears throat> how many wives does uh, a person want to have, you know? Well, well. A, um, when I was in Iran, in Iran, mm-hmm. Um, there was a saying there because yeah. I think um, they were talking about polygamy. That polygamy is legal there because it's you know the Islamic Republic of Iran, mm-hmm. but nobody really does it mm-hmm. because most husbands' reply to this particular issue is if uh, they are asked about whether they want a second wife or not, it's like no, half of my one wife is more than enough for me. Oh, that's a really good answer. <laughs> Correct like, answer, husbands. Yeah, Correct answer. Brownie points right there. <laughs> See, this proves this proves that the point system works in every culture <laughs> on the planet. <laughs> I really like that answer. It is programmed into human beings and um, Iranian men have come up with the perfect way of... Hats um, off to the Iranian <laughs> men. I like that. If you're Iranian, good on you. I'll tell you what, the, the, the East and the Middle East and uh, you know places like that are just so ridiculously polite beyond oh, really? what, you can, what, what you can imagine. Oh. Like we are so coarse in, mm-hmm. in the West. Mm-hmm. Like we are just um, cold and coarse uh-huh. and, you, and you travel to places like India or you go to, you know, even in Africa, people are so polite. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it, we're in Iran and if you sit down in front of somebody, mm-hmm. like on the bus, mm-hmm. you turn around to the person behind you and you say, oh, pardon my back. Oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, that's right, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I and, love and, it. And you know that what they say so in reply? What? You know what they say in reply? Oh, flowers are beautiful from any angle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I love this it. This is what happens. This is, this is so what happens. cute. Flowers are beautiful from any angle. <laughs> and if you're sitting at the dinner table, if you're sitting at the dinner table, mm-hmm. right, and you've got to, um, if you've got a cough mm-hmm. or you've got to blow your nose, you mm-hmm. know, any, any kind of bodily functions, you've got to go up and leave the room. I think we should imply that here, Lyle. <laughs> yeah, I've been coughing and yeah, <laughs> choking if you could just leave all the, the way through this radio <laughs> show. I'm happy to It'll leave the room. It'll make for on. a very disjointed radio show, but no, if you could just leave the studio at all, it'll be just solo, it'll be just Mon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been coughing my guts up for the last yeah. week. Yeah, Lyle's got that little cough and I've got a sore throat. It's just that lingering. You know when you've had the flu yeah. and it just hangs in there yeah. and it sits on your chest? It's got like one tentacle still attached <coughs> and yeah, it's going yeah, out the door. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's actually running from my lungs up my throat and tickling the back of my throat. That's where that tentacle is right now. But hey, please pray for us. We would love some prayers from our listeners so that Lyle and I can be of sound health. I think I've gotten more sick this year than I have in my entire life put together. That's really sad. Yeah. You look so healthy. I know. And I'm, I'm such a happy-go-lucky, easygoing, carefree kind of person. 
you, you wouldn't think that all that sickness would be hitting me. But nah, this is the third yeah. time you've had the flu. Oh, something. Last up. year I never had it once. This yeah. time, I've, this year I've had it once. I thought I was going to get through this year, but um, and the first time I had it was the worst I have ever been sick in my life. Like it was so bad, it was so intense. I took myself to the, I took myself to the doctor for goodness sake <laughs> for the flu. Yeah, for the flu. Yeah, that's that's yeah. pretty bad. Anyway. Okay, we are doing our 20 million movement this morning. This is our Encounter with God Bible study. I actually got some feedback yesterday from one of our listeners. Um, they said they love this section of the of the show. So, uh, g'day, Caleb. How's it going? Listening out there while he's at work? No, praise the uh, Lord. Yeah, so Caleb actually downloaded the TuneIn app onto mm-hmm. his phone. And then uh, he plugs in his earphones and he listens to it while he's at work. So, he, he's a tradie and he works... Um, you know, in a workshop yeah. and they have like other radio stuff playing that he doesn't really appreciate. And so he puts his headphones in and he listens to Faith FM while he's at work welding. So ah, big call cool out to Kayla that? this morning. Fantastic. Yeah, and if you want to listen to the show, um, you know, if maybe you work somewhere where they play stations that you don't appreciate. Do you know what? Just download TuneIn. It is a free app to download and uh, search for Faith FM Australia. Make, Make it your favourite. Your favourite. Yeah. yeah. And then you can listen perfect, perfect Signal wherever you are actually on the entire planet. You can listen to that anywhere. And, uh, yeah, you'll be part of the live show with us. And you can even have the opportunity to win this beautiful scarf that I've created. Well, we're making this available for delayed listeners as well. Yes, yes. We, we just this morning, we've had people messaging us on Instagram and Facebook saying, please register my details. Here's my name and number. I want to win this beautiful scarf. So check out the pictures if you want to see this beautiful blue scarf. It's le- various shades of electric blue. It's really beautiful. It's kind of like the ocean. You know when you see those beautiful travel pictures and they have like the different hues of the ocean? It's like that, but it's a, it's a woolen scarf. It is. Super fluffy it's, and warm yeah, and just yeah. um, amazing. It's snuggly and soft and, and <coughs> it is suitable for all genders, all ages. You can win it. Just give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. Tell us your name and number. We won't use that to spam you. We'll just use it to tell you that you've won if you win. Yeah. Anyway. Or, or shoot us a text message on 0491-064-669. So 20 million other people are doing this Bible study right now with us and uh, you can certainly join along. You can join in here on the radio or you can get a copy of your own study guide. Give us a call if you'd like to find out how to do that. It only costs about $3. But we are looking at Saul, who I believe is about to become Paul. Indeed, let's why go to Acts that, chapter Lyle? nine. Why do they why do they change their names? There's a couple of times in the Bible people have gone and changed their name. People don't really do that anymore now. <laughs> and if they do, it's almost seen like, oh, that's a bit weird. Why yeah, do people, people do that? Yeah. I have lots of Asian friends who've done that. I mean, I mean that's different. That's like a, a why ma- is it different? Well, it's a matter of like an entering a new culture where people might have trouble pronouncing your original name, and so you just take on. Like an like an easier to pronounce name, like an English name. Whereas Saul to Paul, you can't tell me that was a pronunciation issue because it's basically the same. Okay, it wasn't a pronunciation issue, but it is very very similar. The reason that he changed his name is very very similar to what happens when Asians come to Australia. Okay, it's because he wanted to fit into a different culture. He was changing cultures, hmm. and it all has to do with his calling. Okay, so what was Paul's calling? An apostle. To who? An apostle. No, an apostle to he Jesus. He was an apostle and then he became an apostle. Yeah. Apostle to who? Who was his? What Jesus. Was, Jesus was the person who An apostle him. of Jesus of to go to. Oh, to the Gentiles. To the Gentiles. Yes, Okay. Yes, yes. And the Gentiles, the culture, the dominant culture at this particular time was? Uh, J- Jewish? No, no, no. Around the world. Oh, around the world, the dominant culture. Yes. I don't know. Gentile culture. It's Greek. 
Oh, Greek. Yes, yeah, Greek. It was Hellenistic. Wherever you went, Greek Greek culture was the the equivalent of Western English speaking culture. You could go anywhere in the world if you spoke Greek, you could get by. Okay. And so when Paul becomes an apostle to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's going to be speaking in Greek. He's going to be preaching in Greek. He's going to be teaching in Greek. He's going to be doing it within a Greek-speaking context. And so he changes his name from the Hebrew version, which is Saul, mm-hmm. to the Greek version, which is Paul. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, because that makes it <coughs> easier to fit in with the culture that he's ministering to. See, I thought maybe it signified So it's not so much about heart. his conversion. Okay. It's not so much about we, – we always think, oh, Paul changed his name because he was converted. No, he didn't change his name because he was converted. He changed his name because of his calling. Mm-hmm. It's like a little bit like if you were called to be a missionary in Korea, you might go there and give yourself a Korean name, you know, because yeah. you want to fit in with the culture there. Uh-huh. It would be easier for the Koreans to pronounce, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it gives you a, it, it helps you fit in with the culture there. Okay. And so this is what Paul is doing. Because there's people like, doesn't like, Abraham was originally Abraham and Israel was ah, Jacob yes, and all this kind yes, of stuff. That's a different kind of a name change. And the Bible says that God has a new name for every one of us. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in Revelation. Let me find it for you real Ooh, quick. How exciting. Revelation. I wonder what my new name is going to be. Yep, yep. It's going to be written in a stone. Oh. It's handed to you written in a stone and it's going to be a white stone. So I get a pet <coughs> rock. Is that what you're saying? You I go pet, to heaven and I get a pet rock. A, 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 a white pet rock. <laughs> hey, I've always wanted a pet. This will be great. One that won't die. <laughs> yeah, this one will never die. <laughs> It is good to go. Oh, dearie me. Have you never had a pet rock before? No. I can't say that. My wife had a pet rock. <laughs> and then my um, father-in-law concreted it into a stone wall and left about an inch of it showing. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I forget what she named it. Oh, she's, she's still looking sad at me <laughs> through the glass Aww. window right now. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yes, she's been sore about that story ever since it got concreted into that wall. But anyway, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcomes, I will give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written which no man knows except he that receives it. Hmm. So there you go. There you go. Where was this? This is Revelation two verse seventeen. Right. So the life. overcomer is going to get a number of things here. First of all, uh, the hidden manner. Okay. Let's, let's let's work our way through this passage here. All right. What is what is manner? Manner is food from heaven. Yes, and mm-hmm. it's described as bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. And bread in the Bible is a symbol of what? Uh, the word of God. The word of God. And so to him that overcomes, the Bible says, "I will give him the word of God." Yeah. The hidden word of God. So not everything in the word of God is plain and easy to understand, but the mystery of the gospel is what you're going to receive. Okay. Uh, the, the mystery of the changed life, all of that right there. The hidden manner, it goes on um, and it says, and a white stone. What is white a symbol of? Uh, purity. Pure, who's, who's purity? Christ's purity. Christ's purity. So the righteousness of Christ. Uh-huh. Because there's a symbol of the righteousness of Christ. Who is the rock in the Bible? Christ. Christ. Okay, so this is a this is a symbol of oh. Christ and His righteousness, uh-huh. and what is written on Christ's heart. 
My name. Your name. Oh. Your new name. Okay. But not only that gets better because he gives this as a gift to you. So what is he giving you? He's, he's giving you, here Security. is my righteousness ah. as a gift. Okay. Right? And it gets just a little bit better than that because in the Bible, name is synonymous with character. Oh, okay? wow. So the reason that Abraham changed his name from Abram to Abraham was a change of character. Uh-huh. Um, <coughs> was uh, um, Jacob to Israel uh-huh. a change of character, a conversion experience. When God proclaims his name in Exodus 33, he proclaims his character. So when Jesus gives us the rock, so to speak, yeah, with yeah. a new name, he's giving yes, us which a is new The righteousness character. of Christ, a new character, a new name. So that the name and so the character is imbued with his righteousness. Oh, wow, that is so beautiful. Oh, it's awesome, isn't That's it? It's so just, beautiful. It's just, it's just the best. And it comes about as a result of studying the hidden manner, the Word of God. So you read the Word of God, and through Uh, reading the Word of God, Jesus gives you a new character. He gives you his character. He gives you his name, his new name. It's white, it's pure, it's righteous. He wants to make you into a new person. And so we don't have to actually wait until heaven for this. We can actually start that now, right? Absolutely, absolutely. This is is talking about right now. So right right now. So we can study our Bibles, learn more about Jesus, study the hidden gems of the Bible, and our character will be changed into the character of Jesus. It's a symbolic message for you and I right now. This is so cool. And when I get to heaven, if if, if Jesus walks up and hands me a white rock with a new name in it that no one else can read... I'd be cool with that as well. Yeah, that'd be cool as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was really okay, okay, cool. okay, okay, okay. And here's something else. Here's yeah, something else. yeah. No one else can know this name. You know why? Hmm. You can't give me your character. I can't give you my character. Character is not transferable from one person to another. Uh huh. Okay. So this is an individual experience between oh. you and Jesus Christ. So he is the only one who can give you a new character. So you're really missing out if you're not reading your Bible. Oh, absolutely. If you're not reading your Bible, if you're not drawing close to Jesus, you're missing out on the, just the, the most amazing blessings you can a, even a begin to imagine. A customized, personalized blessing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no one else can get. <clears throat> How many times have you looked at yourself and you've looked at your character and you've looked at your personality and you're going, you know what? I just love to have a makeover. Oh, yeah, all the time. You know, you think, I've got this fault, I've got that fault, and I've got mm-hmm. the other fault. Mm-hmm. And you're sort of like, all, you know, like... Can't seem to stop doing this, can't seem to stop doing and that. And Jesus comes and different. says, I'm offering you a fresh start. Mm-hmm. A clean slate. Mm-hmm. Put the past behind you. It's The past is the past. It is behind you. It's done. It's over. It's forgiven. It's wiped clean. I'm offering you a clean sta- slate, a new life. Mm-hmm. And I'm offering to come into your life and transform your life and make you into a new and better person. I would take that offer. He offers you that every single day. Every day. Wow. Wow. And our, our, our job every day is to simply say, yes, please. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, please come into my heart. And that's where surrender comes in. That's what surrender is all about. How about that? Yeah. And who would have thought Saul of Paul took us here? Well, there you go. And, and, and Saul of Paul wasn't even so much a character change as it was a change of mission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as Saul, he was a Pharisee. He was a lawyer. He was a rising star within the Jewish nation. So he's carrying a Jewish name. God comes to him and says, I've appointed you as an apostle to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So it goes from ministering to Jews in a kind of bad way to ministering to Gentiles and goes with the Gentile name, Paul. And I, oh, but, the Greek name. But I guess in the same in the same breath, even you know, you could say 
um, studying our Bible and accepting Christ's offer of a new new start, fresh start every day might lead to a new mission for us. You never know what the Lord has in store for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. We could have a new <coughs> character and a new life purpose. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And uh-huh. Some of us need that. Yep. Some of us need a little bit of purpose, a bit of direction. A change of direction. Yeah. yeah. Or even some direction. Yeah. Some direction full stop would be great. <laughs> some, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Where are we up to? How did we even get there? We haven't even started our Bible study yet, but that was a great I little... I um, think we did a great Bible study just yeah. now. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that takes us to the book of Revelation is going to be a great Bible study. <laughs> Says Lyle. <laughs> yes. One day we're going to do the book of Revelation here on Faith FM. We already did the end times, but you were like overseas for most of it. You realize that, right? Yeah, it was a bit sad. Mm-hmm. You guys had way too much fun without me. Mm-hmm. You know it. There should be a law against it. When Lyle's away, Revelation does play. Ah, see what I did there? Uh, that was terrible. That was okay. Friday. <laughs> the excuse. I apologize. Okay. Uh, Acts chapter 9, and we're going to start in, uh, well, let's, we're actually going to start in verse 23. Acts 9, verse 23. Through 26. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him night and day at the city gates so they could murder him. But Saul was told of their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him a large basket through an opening in the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe that he had truly become a believer. Okay, so he goes from being a national hero. Uh-huh. To running for his life fugitive. and escaping out through the city wall because he's about to be killed. That's that's a big wake-up call. It's like, welcome yeah. to Christianity. This was one of my favorite stories as a kid because I always used to love the pictures of, um, you know, it's the dead of night and there's people holding a basket and they're lowering it down over a wall. And, and it's all like sinister yeah, and dark Yeah, yeah. And Paul's and in the basket. It was so cool. Yeah. 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 Um, and so you've got this whole situation taking place here where, uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he, he is now a fugitive. It's like... Um, after you got baptized, Mon, did you um, have an experience like this? I can't say I've ever escaped a city being lowered in a basket over the city wall, no. And no one's plotted to kill me, as far as I'm aware. Within days of your baptism? Nope. I'm sure the devil would like to, you know, get a hand on me. But It's, it's an interesting story because it is something that I do often see and I'm sure you've experienced it, most people have experienced it, is that... Whenever you have a great victory in your life, the devil likes to hit hard. Oh, yes. In that regard, for sure. And often when a person gives their life to God through baptism, that's when the devil hits the hardest. Just mm-hmm. smack. And that's why after baptism, this is when community, when church family yes. is really important. Oh, absolutely. Because when someone gets baptized, they're they're basically painting a target on the back. The devil is going to be out to get them to try and make them fall as soon as possible to discourage them. And this is when church family needs to rally around, needs to pray, needs to encourage, needs to guide through, needs to be understanding and forgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, very much so. <coughs> okay. How, did, how long do you think it took Paul to get from Damascus to Jerusalem? I don't know. Is it a long walk? I could yeah, about 120k. Oh, snaps. I reckon 120k, I reckon that would take him two, three days. Guess how long it took him? How long? Uh, a bit over three years. <laughs> three years. Uh-huh. What, what, what was he dwaddling? Uh, a bit of a sidetrack, bit of a sidetrack. Bit of, that's a bit of a sidetrack. Bit of a sidetrack. Uh, go to Galatians. <coughs> Galatians. That's the equivalent of like an hour's drive. 
Galatians chapter 1. Uh-huh. And we're going to read verse 17 and 18. Galatians 1 verse 17 and 18. 17, 18. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles. Actually, let's back up, back up, back up, back up. Uh-huh. Um, let's, let's, let's read this whole passage here. Or oh, where should we start? Oh, that's also good. It's also good. Start in verse 11. I'm going to start in verse 11 right after have, this yeah, song. Yeah, we're going to have to have a song first, unfortunately. <laughs> this is Abby Eaton, Man of Sorrows.
Welcome back, everybody. That was Abby Eaton, Man of Sorrows, here on Faith FM, and we are back. With, do we got? We want to do another clue. Yes, we do want to do another clue. Another clue for the quiz. Okay, what number am I? Herod ordered all the boys this many years old and younger to be killed in accordance with what the Magi told him. Mm. Mm. There you go. It's an easy one. If you know the answer, give us a call. Easy, easy, easy. 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. if you would like to win the quiz. And also, if you want to win that scarf, just give us a call. Register your details. Someone's on the phone right now, I think, registering the yep. details. So. Yeah, they certainly yeah. are. So you better put your, put your name and details in there as well. Guess what we're going to have to give away next week? Oh, uh, uh, is it a puppy? Please say it's a puppy. On Monday, we're going to have movie tickets. Oh, how cool. A whole bunch of movie, movie tickets. tickets. Yes. Tickets are the all, best thing to give All away. capital cities are across Australia. Most, wood, of the, wood, most of the capital wood, wood. cities. Are, most of the major capital cities across yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Footnote. We most don't of have them. Darwin or Hobart, which is which kind is of like sad large towns. They're the best. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Hobart, of course, is down there in Tasmania in the promised land. Big shout out to all of our listeners in Tasmania. Sorry. You're going to have to come to Melbourne if you're going to watch the movie. But uh, we've got movie tickets to give away. Um, new movie just coming out on uh, from Voice of the Martyrs. Mm. And uh, we're going to have the uh, CEO Quality of viewing. Voice oh, of the Martyrs here on, here on the show. Mm-hmm. And we have tickets to give away. So make sure you tune in on Monday. Okay, and so if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, Monday will be the day to flip over to the live show oh, yeah. and listen online for sure. Yes, indeed. Uh, and you can do that by going to faithfm.com.au and just pressing play on the live stream. Okay, Galatians. Galatians, start in verse 11. Chapter 1, verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then, three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. There you go. So how long did it take him to get to Jerusalem? Three years. Three years. The detour of our Arabia. <coughs> What's in Arabia? Arabians? Yeah. Arabian Nights? The genie uh, in the lamp? Yeah. Aladdin? <laughs> Mon, you've been reading. You've been reading too many um, <coughs> novels and Disney and all that kind of that's stuff. That's not a novel. That's a Disney. Um, so, in Arabia is it's Disney based on a novel. Yeah, yeah. It's Ab- Arabs, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? Is it one okay. of um, so Shirazadi? Not, yeah. not a lot of things in in, in Arabia. Uh-huh. Um, it is a uh, fairly desert-like country. Mm-hmm. Um, oil rich, of course, mm-hmm. but. Not to, not that not back then, uh, you know, but um, yeah. So the reason that he went out there was for solitude. I think that what had took place here on the Damascus Road it rocked him to his core, mm-hmm. and it's like, wait a minute, I need to understand this. Mm-hmm. I need to figure this out. He was so incredibly vehement against God 
and he's made such an about face. It takes him now three years to get himself sorted out. Wow. Yep. You know, and we would think, oh, three wasted years. You know, why did why, if only Paul had had another three years of missionary journeys. But his missionary journeys were so powerful and so influential. He becomes, you know, the most influential New Testament writer outside of Jesus Christ. Or Jesus wasn't a writer, but um, the most influential individual in the New Testament within Christianity and the establishment of the Christian church outside of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And that is because he took time out to be with God. I think that there's an important lesson here because sometimes we become, you know, particularly me, I become very task-orientated. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, I've got a job to do. I need to do this and then this and then this and then this and then this. This These are my tasks. Mm -hmm. And um, (coughs) as a result of that, we then, um, we, we, we... we, we just start into those tasks. And if I was Paul, I'd be very tempted, okay, I've become a Christian now. My next task is to follow my calling of taking the gospel to the Gentiles. Let's get out there and start doing. But he didn't get out there and start doing. He's like, no, he took three years aside. That's actually a long period of time. It is really. To study and to pray and to get his head around the changes that had taken place in his life and to figure out, you know, what is Christianity? Where is it going? What is it based on? Who is this Jesus? And then he came back to see the apostles. But, I mean, it's no wonder that he was such a gun by the time he'd finished those three years because if, if he'd taken three years out to study, you know, Jesus, mm. it, it's no wonder he was so knowledgeable by the end of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's uh, I th- and I think that's um, something that we need to uh, implement into our daily lives. Um there's a writer, um, E.G. White, who has a way of putting it. She says between the the mountain and the multitude, mm-hmm. and so the mountain is when we run to God and and you know have time with Him, and the multitude is basically our our mission, like it's our work to reach people, to reach the multitudes, and um, we need Got to have spend, balance between the two. We need to have balance between the two, so we can't just be all out there just work, work, work all the time. We need to run to the mountain and uh, and spend that time communing with God and working on our relationship with Him. So we have something to take to the multitude when we leave the mountain. Mm. Mm-hmm. This this whole experience helps us to understand these verses back in the book of Acts. If we go back to Acts chapter nine, um, <clears throat> you know, verse twenty five, the disciples took him by night and let him down by the wall in a basket. And then it continues on. And when Saul had came to Jerusalem, he uh, decided to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. You sort of you think about this whole experience here, and you think, okay, the news would have gone back very quickly to Jerusalem. Saul had a conversion experience on the Damascus Road. He's a new person. He's now become a Christian. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, welcome the guy. But he's turned up in Jerusalem, like, uh, yeah, really. And I think that some of that might be based on the fact that he vanished for three years. Yeah, he just he became a disciple, and then disappeared. Mm-hmm. Why don't you read for us those next few verses there, Mon, down to. Uh, Verse 30. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the disciples heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, his hometown. Yeah, so they sent him home, basically. Um, So Paul here, you know, he starts to preach in Damascus and they're going to murder him. He starts to preach in in Jerusalem. They're going to murder him. There's a great introduction to Christianity that he's having right here. 
it's significant when you stop and think about it. In fact, um, Ellen White, that you were mentioning a little earlier, mm-hmm. may, makes a, an interesting comment, observation on this. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, and this is Acts of the Apostles, page 124, a general killed in battle is lost to his army. Mm-hmm. But his death gives no additional strength to the enemy. It's, you know, it's just one individual. Yeah. Right? And you've got lots of you know, officers who are under him. You've got a whole chain of command that just falls into place if a general dies mm-hmm. and the battle continues. Mm-hmm. But when a man of prominence joins the opposing force, not only are his services lost, but those to whom he joins himself gain a decided advantage. So if you think then of a situation where similar to this where you have um, Cyrus who was attacking his grandfather, um, <coughs> Astyages, and the, and the Median general um, Harpica swapped sides, it gave a tremendous advantage to Cyrus. And this is what happens. God could have killed him, but he didn't. He preserved him, and that was a huge advantage to the Christian church. This is Josh White with He is Able. He is able to keep us from stumbling. He is able when distances come between everything that we hold dear. He is able to draw us into deeper life. He is able. Cut away like a knife Everything that keeps us from Him Everything that keeps us from Him
To Watermark with Captivate Us here on Faith FM, and we have come to our question of the day. And I don't think that we have an answer for the quiz yet. No, there's no answer. No, for the but quiz. let me hit you with a new clue. So, what number am I? This is the last clue, actually. Uh, the number of New Testament epistles addressed to the church in Corinth. The number of New Testament kind of, epistles. It's kind of like just people. Can I just give the answer away, Mon? I mean, just no, give the answer away. No, don't be a rat bag. It's under ten. Let's say that it's under ten, but we're not giving away the answer. It's the same number of Old Testament epistles addressed to the church in Chronic. Same number of presenters on this breakfast show. <gasps> what? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> question of the day. Let's quickly move along. <laughs> so question of the day that has come in. You're a, you're a nut one. <laughs> it's, it's a hard one. Do you know what? I'll hand it to you. This is a hard one. All the, all the clues are somewhat obscure. Okay. Question of the day. Lyle. Yes. Wait. Oh, hang on. Let me, get my, let me get my camera on you so I can video this for IGTV. Okay, Lyle, mm-hmm. how did the Bible come to be? Okay, so this is a big question that I have to answer in all of, what is it, four minutes and 47 seconds. We'll give you some more time if we need more time. The girls in the <coughs> producing room can Nah, do that. it's all good. It's all good. We can, we can, get, it, we can get there. Okay, so the Bible, was, was, uh, the Bible began by oral tradition. Mm-hmm. And oral, oral tradition is good and it works well when you have a perfect memory. You know, in other words, a photographic memory. That's not me. And you have a limited number of people that it is being passed down through. Mm-hmm. So the first time that it's actually written down is by Moses. So Moses writes the first five books of the Bible, and writing was invented because of the um, the human brain deteriorating as a result of sin and not being able to have that perfect memory anymore. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about it, between Adam and Jacob, how many people did the Bible have to be passed down through? Uh, like a squazillion? Four. F- uh, four, okay. Yeah. So, um, so a squazillion of four, that's yeah. what I meant. Um, 
uh, you've got Adam to mm-hmm. Methuselah to Noah. Um, sorry, a- Adam to Methuselah to Noah to Shem. Sorry, and then to um, Jacob. So five. Yeah. <coughs> so five including Jacob. Mm-hmm, okay. That's not a lot. No. And it's you're not. also dealing with human beings that are very close to perfection. They are, you know, you look uh-huh. at the for instance the lifespan of the patriarchs before the flood, the antediluvians. These were these were men of giant stature and giant intellect. Mm-hmm. And so you can understand that there was really no need for it to be written down previous to this point. Jacob goes into Egypt and this is the first time ever that the gospel is actually lost. And then, of course, when God calls them out of Egypt, the first thing that God does is, okay, now we're going to write it down. And so the first five books uh, were begun by Moses. And the Bible has, you know, and then you've got various authors who contribute to the Bible over the process of the next 1,400 years. Mm -hmm. So you've got 66 books, 44 authors, about 1,400 years of time that it's spanning. The Bible tells us in uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, um, it says this in verse 19 We have also a more sure word of prophecy That you do well that you listen to As a light that shines in a dark place Until the day dawns and the day star arises in your hearts Knowing this first That no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation For prophecy did not come in the old time by the will of man But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. There are a number of important points right here. First of all, the author of the Bible, according to the Bible, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks through human beings. Now, it's significant the Bible says that the Bible does not say that he dictated it to them. No, he moved them and then they wrote. And that's why you have a multitude of different writing styles. You can identify the different authors by their different writing styles in the Bible. Uh, because they they bring their individuality into it, but it is written under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the Bible says that every word of God, every word that is here in this book is inspired of God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And so that's, in uh, in a short version, that's how we got the Bible. The Holy Spirit moved, and people wrote it down. Now, there are a couple of other significant aspects to this that we need to consider. First of all, the Bible is divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament points forward to Christ. The New Testament points back to Christ and tells his story. It all meets in Christ, every part of the Bible. Every book of the Bible is focused on Jesus Christ. Now, the New Testament was written over a very short period of time, all within the lifespan of the Apostles. And, of course, then those letters were collected together. And the Bible says that these letters that came from the apostles were a part of Scripture. Now, um, when, when, of course, that came together, there was, um, you know, some, I, I guess there's, you know, there's always going to be forgeries floating around and different books that are competing to be a part of it and so forth. And, you know, some people ask me about the Apocrypha and whatnot. Well, I'm just about out of time, so you're probably going to have to... Send that in as a different question of the day. What is the Apocrypha? What are the Deuterocanonical books? What are the um, the Gnostic Gospels and so forth? Where do they come from? But the most significant thing in the Bi- about the Bible is its miraculous preservation right down to our time. In we know that we have the same Bible right now that Jesus used in his day. We need to move on. This is Torren Wells with Hills and Valleys. You're listening to Faith FM.
walked among the shadows You wiped my tears away And I felt the pain of heartbreak And I've seen the brighter days And I've prayed prayers to heaven From my lowest place And I have held your blessings God, you give and take away No matter what I have, your grace is enough And no matter where I am, I'm standing in your love On the mountains, I will bow my life to the one who set me
You were listening to Torin Wells, Hills and Valleys here on Faith FM and we've come to the end of the show and at the end of the show we have been talking about history through this particular breakfast show a little bit so we're going to share some history with you and this little book by Julian Archer is called The History of Tomorrow. Some things never change. What it's all, what's it all about, Mon? Uh, this is a wonderful book. Um, <clears throat> it's based on his... Um, Award-winning documentary, I believe. Yes, it says. It says, look back over the past with its changing empires that rose and fell, and you can foresee the future too. That's a. It's a quote from Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor. Um, and elite forces of international diplomats crisscross our globe. They frantically negotiate to try and deflect blazing sparks away from fuel-drenched relig- religio-political conflicts. The search is on for a leader who can calm our fears and deliver peace and security to our planet. We sign treaties to solve rapidly escalating economic, environmental and security problems, but it often seems so futile. What are we missing? This book, The History of Tomorrow, reveals Earth's last 200, sorry, 2,600 years through the eyes of kings, prophets, popes and presidents. It unveils a pattern in the timeline of history and exposes an event that will soon permanently, permanently alter the face of our planet. Uh, sensational, absolutely sensational right there. Yeah, so this is a wonderful book by, uh, by Julian Archer, who's an Australian author and researcher. He travels the globe teaching about the impacts of economic prosperity on spiritual and national security. If you want a you copy say of this... a very this, successful businessman as well. Yes, very successful. If you want a copy of this, we're giving it away completely for, for free. Just give us a call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. Be the first person to call through. We'll send it to you free. Or shoot us a text message on 04191. 064669 and it's yours. We have loved your company this morning. Have a great rest of the day and join us again tomorrow. My worth is not in what I own Not in the strength flesh and bone But in the costly wounds of love At the cross My worth is not in skill or name In win or lose, in pride or shame
come together. 